<clears throat> Welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host Scotty McCoy and I have a guest from one of my, actually it is my favorite TV show ever. I watched it 13 times on Netflix straight through. I have Michael Coleman and he played Happy on Once Upon a Time. Hey Michael, how are you doing? Hi ho, hi ho. I am very good. Thanks <laughs> No problem. I am very excited about this interview. You're my first Once Upon a Time interview, and I've, I, like I said, I literally watched the show 13 times on Netflix straight from season one through seven. I am a huge <laughs> oh, fan. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank, thank you for that. Not a problem. So the first question I got is, uh, how did you get your start into acting? Uh, that's a, you know, it's so funny you ask that. I actually was literally haven't thought about that in ever and i was actually driving the other day thinking about it and uh I, and it's so weird because i actually got started when i was about nine years old and i was in my elementary school play and the play was called the dump monster and i played the dump monster and uh, my costume was a, a box uh with a bunch of cuts of newspaper that uh, strips that became my hair and the eyes were cut out and it was just it was a very simple <laughs> costume my mother and I made it together and uh, I was nine years old and I became madly in love with the idea of being able to make people feel things or make people think about things and I was I feel really lucky that I had that it's experienced at such an early age um, right. that I've always you know since that time I've had a real reverence for story and the power of story so mm -hmm. uh, yeah, from a very early age, that's how I got started. And then even when I was in high school, you know, I'm, I'm old enough now that it was pre-internet. And, you know, I used to look at the back of the newspaper ads for different uh, spaces that would let you come do stand-up mm -hmm. or sketch comedy or improv. And I was always looking for stage time. And, uh, yeah, I was just madly in love with the, with the whole idea of performing or entertaining from an early age. Awesome. That's so cool. So uh, what was your audition like for Once Upon a Time? Uh, my audition for this time was really interesting. So uh, my wife and I, I was uh, driving to the audition, uh, and it's a, it's a studio that's not too far from my home. And my wife had called me just prior to the audition and uh, let me know that we were pregnant with our first child, nice. uh, my oldest daughter. And uh, I know they <laughs> they were having trouble finding the, the character Happy and a few other characters. They had done searches, and they hadn't been able to find any actors for certain roles at that right. point. And I had a smile on my face that you couldn't punch off. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I distinctly uh, remember walking into that audition. And it's not that I didn't care. It's just I cared about something more at that second in time because I just discovered that I had created life with mm -hmm. the person I love. And I was just like, <laughs> probably not as focused as I should be. But in a wonderful way, I was a level of happy that most people only experience when they find out they're giving birth to their first child or, right. or having their first child. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I actually remember it was one of the executive producers that said to me, so are you happy? And I explained, I just found out my wife and I are pregnant with the first kids. I dare you to prove otherwise. And we all had a good laugh. And uh, <laughs> I think at that point I wanted to pull a George Costanza from Seinfeld uh -huh. and say, all right, that's my time. I'm out of here. I think I just booked this thing and I <laughs> And it's funny because I absolutely love uh, Seinfeld, so I definitely got that reference. Yeah. <laughs> that that's hilarious, and I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, like, and you can even tell, like, now you could tell your daughter, like, hey, you're the reason why I was on this like t TV show. You made you 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 brought me this joy and happiness right before my audition. 
Oh, for sure. Well, for sure. And you know, I, I feel really privileged. You know, I have two daughters right now. They're, okay. you know, almost nine and five years old, but they grew up with this show. Uh, nice. My, uh, you know, most of my classmates, they all have kids around the same age as my kids. And it's really fun that we've got this extended family where, you know, we'll get a call at the house from Captain Hook or Robin Hood or right. the Evil Queen is a friend. Uh, Snow White somebody we can hang out with. I guess it's fun that... Uh, you know, for the kids to, you know, they're also a little spoiled with that, but, the, you know, it's pretty cool. It's right. cool. Like, I still remember, when, I think it was season four, uh, my daughter, oh gosh, she would have been like three or four years old, magical time in her life, and she literally sat on Elsa's lap as we watched season four where we introduced uh, Anna and Elsa to the show. Nice. Like, it's an experience, and it's like, holy cow, that's pretty hard to replicate. Right. Like, I hope you enjoy this, because I can't <laughs> top it. That's awesome. So what did your daughters think when they first seen you in the show? Like, did they know you were in it at first? And, like, what were their thoughts when they first seen you, like, on the screen? I think they always they always seem to like it, but I don't think it really registers with them because I'm also just kind of the guy who makes dinner and uh, <laughs> takes out the garbage. And, like, I don't think – like, I, I get the impression sometimes my kids wonder, Daddy, why the heck did you walk in the middle of that shot? All the talented people were working and then you just jumped on the screen in front of them. <laughs> I mean, well, guys, I'm actually one of these guys. Like, Dad does this too. Dad, get out of the shop. <laughs> that's hilarious it's funny because like you know as they say children say the darndest things and that that's like one of those things that's like it's, it's like it's a cute precious moment you know what i mean for sure for, yeah. sure, for sure yeah i i feel really like my kids are great my kids are a lot like me like in the sense of we all we just love stories like we, right. we read a lot of books at home we nice. put on a lot of funny voices like to be <laughs> ridiculous and uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not that different from my character in real life, so that's we, awesome. we have a good time here at the house. And that's even that's even better being pretty much the same as your character, because, I mean, you don't really got to act, because <laughs> you're being yourself. No, that's exactly it, yeah. Like, if anybody had to watch me act, what a, what a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so, during the filming of season one, did you or any of the other cast members think that this show would be as big as it has become, and did you think there would be a season two after the curse was broken? Uh, you know what? I don't, I'll say this. I, I distinctly remember a lot of us asking each other every season, hey, do you guys think anybody's going to let us make another season of this thing? <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I felt like we did a lot of that. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if it really clicked in. Um, I think one of the things that made it feel a little different is, you know, a lot of us have been on a lot of shows. And, you know, one of the, like, I, I, the people we had, Bobby Carlisle, uh, okay. Jennifer Goodwin, uh, you know, Lana Perea, oh, Rebecca Mater, Sean McGuire, all these people have been on, like, just epic shows and countless right. times. But one of the unique things is it was really weird for all of us, including the people that maybe had a little bit more success that, you know, all these people would travel from all around the world to just come watch us film it. Right. And it was an experience that most of us had just never even thought of before. It's like, is there a sense to watch us make it? Holy <laughs> like, who would do that? That's insane. What a nice thing for you to all do. Thank you. Right. Yep. So, yeah, I, I don't know if we really knew what we had on our hands. Right. right, and it's funny because I was at the convention in 2018 down in Whippany, New Jersey. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, it was funny because um, because uh, with uh, I know Jared Gilmore said at his uh, one panel, 
he said that uh, like I guess one of the questions that some, one of the fans in attendance asked them, they asked, uh, "Did uh, did you think that there was going to be a season two? And he said, "Honestly, I thought after season one and the cur- and when I found out the curse was going to be broken by the end of the season, this show wasn't going to last. It wasn't going to stand a chance because the premise of the show is that the you know this this cur- there's this curse, and when it's broken, what's left? But there was a lot left." You know, I, I think we were really fortunate to have a really incredibly talented uh, staff of writers on the show. Right. Uh, I think we were really blessed to have some incredible actors. You know, you know a lot of people, you know, it, it, unless you're really thinking about it, like all the characters that came in in later seasons, you know, like, right. you know, Michael Raven James, Sean McGuire, Rebecca Mader, like all these people that came in at different times, or mm-hmm. even just the ability to have a Raphael Sabard who played on Jimmy Cricket, like to have that talent exactly and i one thing i loved about this show like the most um was probably its unpredictability like uh just the fact that you don't know you you think like because even though captain hook was introduced in season two but it led into the peter pan arc in the first half of season three you're thinking like you know captain hook's gonna be this villain you know at the end of the day because he isn't peter pan but they reversed the crap out of that and peter pan was the ultimate demon (laughs) It was great. What a talented guy. Like, holy cow. Great human being in real life. And just a brilliant young actor. Just what an awesome guy. And we had that with a lot of guys. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, all the different younger actors that we had come through the series were just absolutely fantastic. Acting well beyond their years, so. Yes, exactly. Um, So what was it like working with Jennifer Goodwin and Josh Dallas? Uh, Great. You know what? Really, really really nice and they've got kids around the same age as my kids in terms of so we all have a lot in common and a lot of us you know we were at each other's baby showers and birthdays and all these sorts of fun things and you know in the early years i remember snow white would take the seven dwarfs out for breakfast or something Mm -hmm. if we had a late night we'd you know wrap set at four or five in the morning and then all go to denny's and that was always fun and uh josh has become a good friend Uh, josh and i used to on our days off we'd go golfing and you know it'd be kind of fun too like you know you'd have uh you know grumpy happy dr whale and Right. Uh, Prince Charming all going golfing together. So it was always kind of fun. And, you know, it was always kind of fun when, whenever my non once upon a time friends would be like, hey, do you want to hang out? And I was like, I can't. I got to go to Captain Hook's house for a minute. Right. <laughs> I got to stop by Jimmy Cricket. It always that's awesome. ridiculous. But it was, in our world, it was like, no, that's just, those are who my friends are. Yep, exactly. So I'm going to tell you a story after I ask you the question for this next question. Because um, it, sure. it, 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 it uh, involves her. But uh, what about Lana Priya? What was it like working with her? Uh, you know what? I I cannot say enough things about Lana Perea. I think I think she is. I think she's first of all. I think she's an incredibly talented performer. I think uh, her performance in Once Upon a Time, her balance of being arguably our most evil character. I mean, you can debate it with some of the others, like Rumpel and all the others, right. but. Her journey from where she went to the trauma she experienced to the redemption she experienced was just epic. And, uh, you know, she was just, like, as a performer, like, actor to actor, holy cow, hats off. What a brilliant journey over seven years. And then on top of that, 
what an incredible human being. Like, I got really sick uh, during one of the seasons and I was in intensive care for a while. Uh And just sort of the the love and affection and the support, it was just mind-blowing. And I just, you know, the way she's with my kids and just, brilliant beautiful human being nice yeah and uh the thing is like yeah you said she's one of the more well, you could debate it with other characters but she's one of the most evil characters in the in the movie i mean in the series and she really is the evil's in her name and like the character is just yeah. so complex it's got so many layers and so many avenues to her from you know like you said the redemption to the evil to the revenge to you know to the to the depressing and the sorrow and the sadness and everything like it just got so many layers to this character like and it evolved over time. It's it's so hard to to do all that in one character, especially you know from season to season and just add to this character. And she did it beautifully. Yeah, and yeah, no, she was just amazing. And you think about it. I mean, she's working long days, long hours, yeah. day after day, week after week, week month after month. Yeah. Like the amount of emotion that she because remember she's experiencing all that emotion in yeah. real time while she's acting yeah it's just it's a lot like that's fatiguing and yeah. her ability to be that consistent for seven straight years mm-hmm. and i think you know and i also think she built an incredible fan following because of her ability to be such an incredibly gifted performer and right. human being and then to see what she does with that influence and how she uses it for positivity throughout the world like it's yeah. just it's a really really cool thing to see up close completely agree um so the story i was gonna i'm gonna tell is uh so like i said i was at the convention in whippany and i mean the main reason i really went was of course for lana priya because and that's where the story comes right. into play um, so my dad um he was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer in 2016 and that was oh around God. the thank you. And that was the around the time I actually uh, started watching Once Upon a Time. Like I was like for the very first time, like you know, on Netflix. And I think I think if I'm not mistaken, um, like it was season five or season six was coming up or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head what season it was, but uh, I know the new season was actually about to start within a month. So I finished every single season up to the current season that was on Netflix, and then I found like the first half or whatever the other half that wasn't on Netflix on like some site and I watched it literally in a month and a half straight. But anyways, um, so uh, yeah, my dad was diagnosed with stage four brain cancer and he had a stroke after brain surgery. Um, and they gave him 24 hours to live after the, uh, after, after he had the stroke. And, uh, I watched this show and this show, um, I was at, I was at the part in the series. I can't remember exactly where, where it registered and gave me it, but you know, the show is based on hope. Um, and it, it right. and it was a scene with Lana Perea where Jennifer Goodwin was telling her you have to have hope that you can that you can uh, change or get Henry back or something like that, um, and uh, yeah. she believed in this and then Henry like was with her and forgave her or something like that as well, and uh, and to me that watching Lana Perea have the hope and then it it you know the the good happened is what um is what uh kind of inspired me with Lana like you know with this and gave me hope that my dad will be okay everything will be fine they give him 24 hours to live but she said miracles happen on the show so like miracles will happen my dad will get this miracle my dad got the miracle and he uh woke up from his coma he uh was given a year and a half to live um, literally in about two weeks, it's going to mark four years that he was initially diagnosed. He should have been dead about a year and a half ago. Wow. Tumor still stable. Insane. So, 
right? Yeah. And that's where my dream came true. I needed to go and I needed to tell Anna Priya this. So I got a photo op with her. I spent like over like $3,000 on this convention of my own money that I worked so hard for. Right. Spent so much money to go just so I could tell her this. So I, I went, I got the photo shoot and I, I knew I was, I wanted to tell her at the autograph signing the full story if I was given enough time. I didn't think I would, I would be able to tell her any of it, um, to be honest with you. But I wanted to tell her because we didn't tell my entire family or anything because my dad just got an MRI the night before I, the day before I met Lana Priya. And uh, he ended up, uh, and he got his results back, and his tumor was still stable. And it was, I believe, it was in October. So he was, uh, he was like, uh, I think it was at the time, two years uh, brain cancer free. So I told her that during the photo of during the photo shoot, and it was like amazing. And we did like our hug pose. And then um, a little later that day, we did a um, we did at the autograph signing. I wanted, I told her I want to tell her the story, but I don't have a lot of time. And I literally spent, I believe, I spent like more money. Like I spent three thousand just on tickets and like all the other extras you know autograph and photo ops and that but there was an auction they were doing i probably spent about a good five grand just on an extra ticket a uh a, a front of the of the line to meet her and like a big like mate poster that i literally still have in my apartment like tucked away for safekeepings and um i just so i can meet her so badly like i wanted to see her and i i wrote a uh, wrote a book about my dad i wrote two now but at the time i had one out about my dad and his journey and uh, I had her sign it on the front, and then I had her sign the second autograph that I also won in the middle with all the other autographs. And I asked her if I could tell her the story, but I told her it's a long story. She's like, you know what? You paid for all this time. It looks like it's an important story. You take all the time yeah. you need to tell me the story. I don't care how long it takes. This is your time. You spent hard money that you work for to come see me. Tell me your story. And I'm like, thank you so much. So I told her it. She looked at the lady next to her. And she goes, do you have a freaking Kleenex? <laughs> she started crying, right? And then after I told her, she, she asked if she could take a picture of my book. I said, yeah, of course. She asked, I, I showed her, I just picked up my, uh, my uh, picture with her, the hug pose, and she took a picture of that. And then she offered for a free autograph on that picture, which she also did, which I didn't, I didn't even, she didn't even want me to pay extra for that. And then she, and then I said, thank you so much. And I said, bye. And I was getting ready to leave. And she goes, where, where are you going? Where the hell are you going? I'm, lo I'm like looking confused. I'm like, I told you the story and everything. I don't want to hold up the line. She's like, you can't tell me a story like that and not get a hug. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So she gave me, I came over and I, I gave her a hug and I started crying and she was like wiping the tears off my eyes because like this is like a dream come true. Like, you know, this lady that gave me hope that my dad's going to be okay, you know, just from a TV show that she's in. And I'm getting to tell her this and she's treating me like this. And then I got a bunch of like tagged messages on Facebook because I'm in this group on Facebook for a once upon a time called the Heart of the Truest Believers. And uh, they uh, they tag a bunch of tags. I'm like, who the hell is tagging me all this all this time? Because I'm at the convention still, and I'm trying to. I'm looking at them, and I seen that she that uh, she posted on her Instagram story a picture of us hugging, and she put a caption on it, like literally wrote on the picture itself, um, like I guess you know with the text editor or whatever. And she goes, "This man," and like it was like life made. <laughs> Uh, that's isn't that cool? Yeah, it really here's is. The, you know, here's, here's the secret about Lana Perea. Okay. Everybody watched her for seven years ripping people's hearts out of, out of other people's chest. Right. Her real magic skill is she can make the heart that's in your chest feel ten times bigger just by chatting with her. Exactly. That's the secret. 
Exactly. She she was great. She really was. And I mean, uh, everybody I met was great. But like like I said, the main reason I went was for Lana Priya. And it wasn't just because I wanted to meet her because I, she was my favorite, you know, my favorite character on the show or because I love her or whatever, or what, because she's a great actress, whatever. It was because of the story and I needed to tell her. I just needed, you know, to right. get that out and tell her that. But uh, continuing on with the interview, uh, what was uh, what was it like uh, working with Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis? You know what? They, they are two incredibly accomplished uh, writer-creators who have managed to do uh, what very few people can do. Like, there's a... a, a wow. Like, the, what they've been able to pull off and the, the projects they've been able to, to create is... Right. It's it's magical. So yeah. um, they managed to and, and to get a, a show on the air for that long to get spinoffs. Like there were yeah. some elements of what they pulled off that were honestly just truly magical. Right. Yeah, and the thing is, like, and it's not even like just with Once Upon a Time. They've they've done it before that with The Lost. Like, I mean, two huge successful shows. How do you do that? <laughs> well, that's that's exactly it. So these guys. Yeah. These guys have uh, put a lot of work, and I would also say they put a lot of the right people in place, yeah. you know, uh, in terms of casting, in terms of mm-hmm. uh, the writing team. It's been quite impressive. And, you yeah. know, I, I believe the guys most recently have been working on Amazing Stories, which is really cool to relaunch such a classic uh, uh, story for a lot of us who, who, you know, I watched the earlier versions of it. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Eddie, at least, if not Eddie and Adam, were both involved all the way back in the Felicity days. So these mm-hmm. are guys that aren't strangers or, or new to the whole craft. And uh, right. it's pretty cool what they've managed to pull off. It yeah, really is. did that and lost and uh, dead someone once upon yeah. a time. They did the once upon a time in Wonderland spinoff, which was pretty cool. So yeah. it's pretty impressive. Definitely. And the thing is, um, like, I mean, you have to be talented, first of all, to do that. Like, that really is an amazing feat that they've accomplished to do all that. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I really want to see that. Um, I know it was only one season or something, but I really would like to see that. But, like, they just put a major twist on all things Disney. Like, Like, you think you know these Disney stories, and you know the Disney stories that Walt Disney and Disney, you know, studios told you, but... Do you really know the stories from Adam and Eddie? Because I don't think you do. Because they were they were quite they were quite intriguing how they did things. That, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an impressive feat. To, yes. To say the least. So, what was your most memorable moment while being part of Once Upon a Time? Huh, you know what? It's it's an interesting one because uh, I'd say you know they all sort of blend together at this point because now mm-hmm. we're already in twenty twenty and. The world's just different now, yep. but uh, you know, it's. I would say, you know, I have so many memories of such. You know, it's just it's the family. If I were to sum it up, it's the family, yeah. and it's. Uh, I still talk to several of the crew members on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I still talk to several of my castmates on a daily basis. Right. I, you know, I talk to a lot of the fans on a daily basis. Like mm-hmm. I worked on, you know. I've and characters for Supernatural and Smallville and like, two of the Stargates and right. been in cartoons of Dragon Ball Z, X-Men, Hello Kitty. Like, I've been a part of some pretty cool franchises. Nice. Uh, but this is the one time where I'm still in constant communication with my family. And, right. 
I think that the Once Upon a Time fandom and the cast and the crew, it's just a really magical experience we all share. So mm-hmm. I would just say the one thing that I reflect on the most is that element of family. Right. I can. I definitely can agree with that. So what was the best part about being part of Once Upon a Time, and what was the worst? Uh, well, probably the same thing. It's, uh, you know, it's, it depends on be careful what you wish for. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things was I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be so interconnected with everybody. So right. I feel like it was a really nice experience to mm-hmm. have this reach that was global like we I have friends all over the world now because of the series mm-hmm. and that was that was interesting but then trying to keep that many friendships is complicated <laughs> right I think I'm losing you a little bit Exactly. So which season of Once Upon a Time is your personal favorite and which one do you like the least? My favorite season without question is season one. I thought season right. one was the most fun. Uh, it was the one where we all got to figure out what the heck the show was while the fans got to figure out what the heck the show was at mm-hmm. the same time. And, and, and I think that's the magic of most shows is that a, a, an early season, a first season, usually does that. Right. Um, yeah, in, in terms of least, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I just think number one was my favorite. Okay. Um, but I thought every other season had more reasons to love it. Right. Yes. Um, you know, even, yeah. even, in, even in the seventh season where a lot of the original cast members, most yeah. of us original cast members weren't in season seven or were only in for a small portion of it. Right. It still gave us an opportunity to introduce so many cool new people to the family that, yes. you know, uh, it, there's just as much love and affection for that right. as there is for the original steps. Agreed completely. Agreed completely. So, uh, did you ever watch the show when it was airing on TV during its run, and do you still watch it on streaming platforms like Netflix? Uh, I have seen it. Uh, we did watch, and there's actually many of the cast we get together and watch it together on uh, nice. on 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 Sunday nights. We used to all get together nice. and watch the show, and that was kind of fun. So we'd have viewing parties, and uh, I don't know if I have seen an episode now in 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 a couple of years. Actually. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's been a while, but I, you know, I know when we were doing conventions and things like that, it was often kind of fun that if the show was on air while we were at a convention, some of us would have a good time to, you know, watch it with with the people that were there to support us at the convention. That was always a fun thing, right? Um, but yeah, I've seen every episode multiple times, so awesome. uh, 
Yeah, definitely. I haven't actually watched it in a while as well, to be honest with you. It has been a while because I've been very busy with my production studio and getting my first feature film yeah. out there because it comes out in theaters in October. So I've just been so busy getting that all situated. So, so it's been cool. very cool. busy. So, uh, yeah, and plus I work full time for the U.S. Coast Guard. So, yeah, I haven't really watched it much. Like, I, I mean, even I've always been even obsessed with professional wrestling. Like, I would always watch professional wrestling. I could never miss, miss an episode of wrestling. And like, I've been like because I have to. I work, you know, start starting at five o'clock, so I have to be up at four thirty every morning. Um, I'm usually in bed by eight thirty, nine o'clock most nights, if not earlier. Um, so I and wrestling's on from eight to eleven on Mondays. <laughs> So like I'm always in bed by the time that happens, and then usually almost every weekend after work. Uh, currently, I'm teleworking because of the whole pandemic. But um, I would I would always go drive three hours to go back home to visit my parents for the weekend. So I, I would work. I usually work till eleven on uh, from uh, eleven o'clock, like five to eleven on Fridays, because I make up the you know the extra time throughout the week. And uh, I drive to visit my parents and help take care of my dad and everything, give my mom a little break. And uh, I end up uh, doing a three-hour drive home right after putting in a six-hour workday and being up at 4.30 in the morning. So, yeah, it, it gets very tiring. So I'm usually in bed early. And, uh, yeah, so I haven't really had time to watch wrestling or even once upon a time for that matter. Like, I just I don't have much time for, you know, other than, you know, work and doing my production stuff. And, you know, I, I try to get these interviews in as much as I can. I'm so glad that we were able to make the interview happen. Um, and... Yeah. I mean, you're actually the the. I, I was supposed to have two this week, and both of them ended up getting postponed. <laughs> the other one is actually on Monday uh, because uh, that's when I found out my car was uh, was shut down, and we went uh, to the store also during that interview, but we didn't know it was the battery at that time. So we ended up uh, going on Monday to the store, me and my neighbor, to get uh, to because he's a mechanic. So we were gonna get uh, the oil and everything like that because we thought it was that because the oil cap was off, so we thought it was something with the oil. But it wasn't, so we and so then uh, we figured we'd wait till the next day, which is the day I had your interview scheduled originally for yesterday, and uh, we ended up getting the battery, a new battery, and we put it in, and like right when it, uh, when it, um, like it, right when I he put the battery in and finished all that up and everything, I started the car and I started, and I screamed so loud, I think the neighbors, like the entire complex, heard me, and I'm like, f yeah. Because I was like, I don't gotta buy a new car. My oil thing didn't flood or anything, so that's not gonna. So it didn't fry my engine, so I don't gotta pay five grand or whatever for an engine. Because if that was the case, I'd just buy a new car. So that was exciting. Um, So the last question I do got for you, though, is uh, do you got any projects uh, in the works or any websites, social media pages, or anything else that you would like to promote to our listeners? I would love to. Yeah, you know what? I got a couple. So. I uh, I write and perform in a TV show called Hipsterverse, and okay. if you go to hipsterverse.com, you can find that, and uh, it's, uh, it's a super fun show I do. It's kind of in the same sort of comedic tone as Parks and Rec or The Office, uh, and we have a crazy amount of fun, and we, season one is going to be relaunched again okay. uh, this fall as we start shooting season two. Okay. I'm also uh, working on a new animated series, and I can't say much more than I will have some of my old Once Upon a Time friends involved in it. I work as a writer on it, and I do one of the voices, and some of my friends from Once Upon a Time will be also lending their voice. Uh, On top of that, uh, I just finished shooting, uh, releasing a feature film called Surge 17, which is another project that was a lot of fun that just 
was released uh, on on uh, Apple and uh, I believe Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. And then I got two other shows coming up, one called Exchanging Vows and Skylar. So yeah, lots of work and lots of work, uh, lots of awesome. things coming up, lots of fun projects. Uh, and just really grateful to to get to do what I love for for a living. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, now was was all that filmed before the pandemic started, or are you filming? Are, are things starting to open up in California? Or are you filming like out in a different location? Or no, actually, I'm all the way up here in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, okay. So nice. we do shows like uh, you know Riverdale and right. uh, Arrow and Slash. And, and Once Upon a Time was there. <laughs> yeah, so they're all, right. yeah, Once Upon a Time was here. So all of these shows are just getting back to uh, awesome. camera in the next couple of weeks. That so is great. We're quite busy up here. So, you know, we're, we're very COVID sensitive and we're aware of it. But right. we're also, uh, yeah, we're very lucky that we're, we're about to start shooting most of the shows again up here. That is awesome to hear. Um, so anybody that also wants to uh, find out what Michael's up to after this interview does air, um, you'll be able to just go to his IMDb page and he'll see all the projects that he's currently in and he's been in in the past and what he has coming up in the future after this interview does air and you'll be able to stay tuned in all of his projects. I'll give you one last thing too. Okay. If, you go to, if anybody goes to a place called storyinstitute.ca, mm-hmm. I own and operate a post-secondary school for people wanting to work professionally in film and television. And uh, nice. on my board of directors is Sean McGuire who played uh, nice. Robin Hood and some of our teachers are people like Tassia Tellis from The 100 or Devin Dalton from the BFG or My Little Pony or uh, Kirby Morrow, who was Goku on Dragon Ball Z. So we have a lot of different working professional actors. That awesome. We've all got together, opened up a post-secondary school, and we're teaching actors to do what we do. So if anybody is listening and is an inspiring actor, writer, or filmmaker, uh, go to storyinstitute.ca and check it out. Cause that's, uh, we would love to help other people do what we do. We think it's a real cool gift, and it's one that should be shared. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, and I thank you so much for your time, Michael. It's been an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, you as well. Thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll do this anytime you like. Awesome. Thank you so much, and uh, stay safe, and have a great rest of your night. Yeah, you too. We'll talk again. Thank you. Bye. Bye now.